Hey, you guys. So, um, how many of you are actually going to be leaving this semester? No! Wait, is that all of you? Can you raise your hands again? Oh, okay. It's just, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so welcome to Back to Jerusalem seminar. Um, this is especially for those of you that are going back home. Um, yeah, let's actually start with a word of prayer. Father God, I just thank you for an amazing semester, God. I just thank you for all these precious students, Lord God, that are sitting here today, God. And Lord, I just thank you that when you call us, Lord God, um, to go, God, wherever you're calling us to, I thank you that you equip us, God. And God, you never set us up for failure, God. So Lord, I thank you that you really want us to continue, God, walking out these breakthroughs. So Lord, I just pray that, um, God, tonight, Holy Spirit, come. Um, even through the seminar, God, would you speak clearly? And God, I ask... Um, yeah, God, just take authority right now, and I just uh, command any spirit of fatigue, any spirit of slumber to leave right now in the name of Jesus. And I just declare an alertness and just a wickedness and hunger, God, to receive from you tonight. God, anoint my lips today. Thank you uh, for tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, back to Jerusalem. So this is going to be more interactive. This is kind of different from large group. Um, I'm going to have... You guys participate. And how this is going to work is we're going to go around and you guys are going to help me read this handout together. Okay? So, yes. Um, let's start off with that intro paragraph. Can I get Noella to read that nice and loud? Amen. Thank you. Okay, can I get um, behind you, Bea, to read the learning objectives? Nice and clear, please. Yes. So it's clear, right? The purpose, the objective of the seminar is to victoriously walk out the breakthroughs and to steward what we received here. Okay, um, so for those of you that don't know, I actually studied abroad here myself um, just a couple years ago, meaning uh, 2007 to 2008, when most of you guys were like in middle school. Is that, is that right? Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Anyway, um, I was sitting in this very room, and I was part of um, Emmaus before it became Emmaus. So it was called YSCF at the time. So like OG, and that's actually when I met Judy Choi, um, Pastor Erin. This is before she was leading this ministry. Um, but anyway, I was here for a year, and I went back uh, for my senior year to California to finish school. And um, my experience, uh, I mean, you guys can hear my testimony more in detail later, but uh, I'm going to give you some examples of what not to do. Um, but God is faithful. As you can see, I'm here now. So, yes. Okay. Um, first thing, the first topic is prayer. prayer. Yeah, number one is prayer. Um, and this is because prayer is the most important. Um, I have a quote here on prayer by D.L. Moody. He said, every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. 
day. So prayer is always the first thing. Um, can I have, um, after Bea, can we just go in this order and then read the first point? Pray. Yeah, so um, your Jerusalem, what is your Jerusalem? What are we talking about here? It's like metaphorical, right? So um, Jerusalem can be your home, your um, homeschool, your college, your church, etc. So the place you're going back to, right? So like, you know, this uh, road to Emmaus, um, the two disciples that were on that road, they were coming from Jerusalem and then, and then on their way to um, Emmaus. So it's the same thing, right? You guys came here, now you're going back to Jerusalem. Okay, Um Yes, so set aside a time to pray. That's so important. Um, we see that in the life of like every man of God in the Bible, and that's including like Daniel, um, King David, Moses, and even Jesus. He always set, us, set, set aside that time to pray. And it didn't just like naturally happen. He had to protect that time, his prayer closet. Okay, um, next point. Yeah, there's a blank there, right? The Lord goes before you. Yeah. And that's kind of like um, that word that P preached at the last uh, joint worship. Were you guys there? Um, you know, like, she was talking about, um, yeah, this first Deuteronomy 31.8. God will never leave you or forsake you. And that's his promise. So, whatever happens, always remember that. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he goes before you. Okay, next point. Uh, declare that the spirit. Favor. That's a good guess. Favor of the Lord is upon you, and he will supernaturally open doors for you. Amen. Yeah, favor. How many of you guys know about the favor of God? Yeah. Well, all of you, right? Yeah. yeah, favor. Man, when I learned about favor, I think it changed my life. It really changed my life. Because if you really believe it, then you're going to start seeing it manifest in your life. And um, I have a lot of testimonies of this. But one that applies to this case is, so when I went back, after my time here, I went back to my school. I went to USC in LA. And what happened was, I was a senior. So I had to look for jobs, right? But what happened was, um, I wasn't very wise about making relationships with professors in my early years in college. So when I went back, I had to apply for like all these internships and jobs. But I realized I needed... Uh, professor recommendations but i was like man god like i don't have any relationships with these professors like who do i ask and so i was just praying right that um god would give me divine appointments and that's something i learned while i was here like divine appointment when i first heard that i was like what's that right but i started seeking that and i started going out to um all these different like career fairs and job fairs and there was one um at my department the school of international relations and then this um older um male professor like he got up after the end of the seminar the forum and then he was like hey guys like i've spent um like 30 years or something of his career in washington dc and he's got like built this huge like report there and if any of you guys need help please use me those were his exact words please use me and i was like yes i will use you and i really that was like for me i was like dang that's god he's working in my life and so I just really took that opportunity and I went to his office hours and um, it turned out that I had actually taken his class right before I came here 
Um, and I'd actually done well. And so I was like showing him my papers and how I did and stuff. But the crazier part is um, as we're talking, like he suddenly, I, I was telling him about my experience here, right? And then all of a sudden he like grabs one of his um, photo albums and he's like showing me all these pictures. And get this, his wife is the direct descendant of one of the founders, the missionaries of Yonsei. And so I saw he was so excited and eager to help me. And he was showing me pictures of like, um, like, you know, those special like commemoration services and stuff that they get invited to, like only for special people. Like he was there, he was invited. And I was like, what? And then um, I remember he was trying to like recite the Lord's Prayer in Korean. And then he, he was like helping, like asking me to help him. And, and so like now he kind of knows. So whenever I post anything like holy on my Facebook status, he's like, he, he posts random stuff. He's like, oh, that's like the Lord's Prayer. And it was just like so, such a God thing, right? Only he could connect me with this professor. And he turned out to be a major link when I graduated from college. The I got this um, prestigious internship right after school. And it only happens because of God's favor through this professor's recommendation, which was so key. And since then, like, that opened doors to so many other things. So claim that testimony. Um, ask, ask God. Um, seek Him and just really believe that you walk in His favor. Okay. Um, next point. Natalie. Get a vision. Expectantly. Yeah. Um, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says that. When there's no vision, the people perish. So vision is so important. And for those of you who, especially for those of you who are part of the prayer team, I think you guys really learned how to pray with authority, with boldness, um, specific prayers. Continue that. You know, that's not just for here, but that's for you guys to carry with you when you go back to your Jerusalems. And yeah, be expectant because prayers are meant to be answered, right? Okay, so a sample prayer would be... Um, is it there? Do you guys have that? Um, yeah, can we have the next person read it? Lord, I thank you in advance for the revival that you are stirring up in my home church. I thank you that you are stirring up hunger in the young people for intercession and that right now you are birthing the prayer movement in my church that's filled with the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders. Yeah, amen. Yeah, but you guys are all, you guys, your prayers are powerful and effective. So, yeah, carry that with you. Okay, next part. Next topic is everything you need. All right, this is really good. Um, in Second Peter 1.3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. He has already given you everything you need. And that's good news. Okay, let's look at the first point. Uh, Yvette? Ever increasing. More. Oh. What did you say? Greater. Oh, I mean, that's similar. It's good. Uh huh. More. More than what you saw in Korea. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, our God is a God who takes us from glory to glory. So, what you guys experienced here? Man, he has so much more for you. Believe that. Okay, next point. Uh, though everything around you in the natural realm may be changing, the kingdom of heaven is constant. And you are of 
citizen. Yeah, that's your identity. You guys are citizens of heaven. Yeah, so, um, you know, don't trust in what you see. It's really not about your circumstances, but your identity never changes and God never changes. So claim that identity. You are a citizen of heaven. Okay, next. Wisdom, revelation. That's good. Mind, heart. Yeah, being led by the mind of Christ and heart of God. How do you think you would do that? Practically, uh huh. Okay, what does that that mean? Read yeah, read your Bible. Cause your mind—it's all about your mind being renewed, right? Um, when you don't know the Word of God, it's very hard to do that by yourself. And when it comes to your heart, you can't change your own heart. Cause I mean, I I've tried, especially like I remember in college, man. So my my history, like I've had a history of depression, uh, especially all throughout college. But I remember like every time before I would fly home, I I would um. I would like try to change myself so that I would present a better me, like especially to my parents. But then it just didn't work. I went back like even worse than ever before. But the only way our heart can change is when we're in the presence of God. It's only God that changes our hearts. So practically that is meditating on scripture and prayer. Okay, next point. Discernment. Yeah, in James 1.5, it says, um, If any of you lack wisdom, ask God, and he will give you generously without finding fault. Yeah, you can always ask God for wisdom. Even, you know, finals, after the seminar, you guys got to go study. You guys are lacking wisdom. Just ask God, and he'll give it to you without finding fault. Okay, next point. Kill. Okay, let me say that one more time. Foolishness will kill you. I just really had to make that clear. Foolishness will kill you. Okay, oh, there is another part to that. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah, have you guys read through the book of Proverbs? Yeah, they talk about foolishness a whole lot. Like, if you look through the book of Proverbs, like, it's very clear that foolishness will lead to death. And those are God's words, so we better take it seriously. Um, so an example of this would be if your testimony here, you're during your time here, like if you had breakthrough in um, you know, being freed from bondage to lust or um, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, drugs, like whatever it was, um, it would be foolish to go back home and party with those same friends. That would be foolish. And um, so these friends that have a negative influence on you. And the reason is because, yeah, you've had this breakthrough, but you need a season of victory. You need to walk it out first. So that doesn't mean that you go back home and you ignore all your homies, like your old friends. Like, doesn't mean you neglect them. But, again, you ask God for wisdom, and there's, a, there's different ways you can still minister to them. There's different ways you can still meet up with them. 
For example, um, if you guys used to just always party together, you can grab a meal together. You can be like, hey, you want to actually just you know, grab lunch together? And you guys will actually be able to connect on a much more um, deeper level. You know, and if they're really your friends, like that shouldn't be an issue. Everyone eats, right? It's perfectly fine to grab meals together. So that's just one example. All right. Okay, next part is. Yeah, do not go naked. How many of you guys like Jim Jibang? Oh. I, I don't know. I was just kind of reminded of that. Oh, well, why are you guys like, hey, just be bold about it. Was that Luke? Yeah. I'm not surprised. But um, yeah, Jim Jibang, I don't know why I was thinking about Jim Jibang. I used to really hate it, by the way. The first time I think I really went and I actually like went all out was when I was a student here and Rona Bab forced me. I remember she forced me. And I was like, I really don't want to go. But she was like, no, like we got, I don't think she remembers, but that was a moment of breakthrough. Yes. But I, I, anyway, my point here is that do not go naked. Like, honestly, like, who wants to go around naked? <laughs> all right, she, she's not RCD, all right? RCD is Tina Lee. Um, yeah, nobody wants to go around naked, right? Um, so this is actually based on um, one of Pastor Christian's sermons, and it's called Do Not Go Naked. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, whose turn is it? Is it Marco? No, it's just... Okay, anybody? Can you just... Covering. Yeah. How many of you guys have heard the term covering? Okay, that's most of you. Um, but I think some of you might still have questions about like what does covering exactly mean. So yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Um, let's look at point number one. Jody. Ministering. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, highlight relationship and submission to leaders. Yeah, so that's in a nutshell what covering is. When you're in relationship and submission to spiritual authority. And yeah, when you're in covering, really, um, it's um, allowing a spiritual leader to provide wisdom, to speak wisdom into your life. Um, prayer covering and advice. So it's really all benefits. It's all really good. So that's what covering is. Yeah, so before you even think about ministering to people when you go back, um, it's really important that you are under submission into a local church. Okay? Um, and in fact, it's really dangerous to um, submit to ministers who aren't in relationship with anyone. Like, that's where things get dangerous. And that's where, like, you know, cults begin a lot of times. Because when you're not in a relationship or, you know, in a, held accountable to by anybody, you can do whatever the heck you want. And I think that temptation is always going to be there. Like, you just, you teach whatever you want, you know, you just do whatever you want. But when you when you have that accountability, when you're in a relationship with someone, uh, with someone above you, then it really provides that safety so that you can submit knowing that you're in a safe place. All right? Um, okay, the next point. Commit to, your, to a church family. Steward. Your inheritance, right? Submit 
Honor. Yeah. Yeah, so commit to a church family. Steward your inheritance. Submit to and honor your leaders. Okay, now what does it mean to steward your inheritance? Anybody? Steward your inheritance. Okay, first of all, like, what's inheritance? Oh, it's, it's on your paper. Uh-huh, words. Yeah, so, but you know, when we say inheritance, what's usually, like, the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear inheritance? Money, money right? So, when you, you say you steward your money, right? It's like, what does that mean? Stewarding your money, it just means you manage your money, right? And what does that, is, does that remind you of anything, like, in the Bible? You know, like the parable of the talents, right? So like there's that, ta- there's that one servant who got like one talent and then there's that other servant who got like 10. And then he, um, what did he do? God said he stewarded it well, right? Because he multiplied it. But then the one who got one, he just buried it, right? And then God's like, you lazy and wicked servant. So stewarding means you, hi. Hello. Uh, stewarding your inheritance, um, it means these um, sermons, you know, the prophetic words, everything that you receive, the teaching, um, you don't just let it fall to the ground. You don't just bury it and forget about it, but you actually allow it to take root in your heart, to go deep. You meditate on it, you pray into it, and ultimately you release it to other people, right? And then that's how you multiply your inheritance, okay? That's what stewardship is. All right, so that's stewarding your inheritance. Okay, so what's submission? We kind of talked about this a little earlier. But what is submission? Like most of you learned this this semester by submitting to your familial leaders. What was that like? Bad. Oh, did you say bad? I said fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I know your familial leader is like right there. She's like <laughs> dancing right now. All right, all right. So, um, oh, oh my, okay. Um, yes, submission. What, what do you guys think it is? Like, from your experience, what was submitting to your leaders all about? Was it just, like, blindly saying yes to whatever they say, or what was it? Respect, okay. Yeah, submission um, to your leaders. Um, Yeah, when it comes down to it, you're just allowing them to speak into your life. And I said this earlier, but you're trusting them that they have your best interests at heart. Okay, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but um, you also trust that they have oversight over your life because God's ordained them as your leaders for that season. Okay, and piece of advice, very important. Don't take too long to find a church because, I mean, maximum maybe a month, maybe a little bit more if you really need to, but... Just because when you go back home, um, you know, like, faith thrives in community. And God calls us to be part of a local community. Because he knows how weak we are, basically. So when we're not, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're not um, under a covering, it's so easy for us to be vulnerable to the enemy, right? Because the enemy is always out to attack you, basically isolate you. So the best place to be in is to be plugged in in a local community, um, be fed, and be held accountable. That's why it's so important. Okay, next part. Neka. Remember that 
B? If you feel called to be a son of New Philadelphia Church, remember that distance does not matter when it comes to spiritual... Sonship. Yeah, and that's so true. Um, we have so many testimonies of this. Um, you know, we have this uh, this thing called Sons from Afar, SFA, and um, we've heard such powerful testimonies. So basically, Sons from Afar are um, people who are in covenant relationship. Um, they're in um, they're in covenant with New Philadelphia Church, but they don't live here. They don't live in Korea. They live like all over the world, literally. Um, but when it comes down to it, they steward the inheritance of this house they receive the teachings of this house and man um there are so many sons from afar who are thriving in their spiritual walks right now just in so many aspects and it's so cool actually because it shows that there really is no distance in the spirit for example um you guys know joe pang right yeah yeah okay ku ku um yeah joe pang um he he was actually a student here too. He was at Yonsei like a year and a half ago maybe. And he went back and he came back as um, the first ever Emmaus intern staff. And he was a son from afar. And he's someone that really stewarded the words that uh, were being released from this house even while he was gone. He stewarded it and he's, he's strong. You know, he came back just powerful, right? And another example will be Sarah Saw, who's also now staff at KU. Same thing. I remember when she was in the States, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like you never left. You're the most... First off, she was extremely active on Facebook. Like, she was literally, like, connecting with everyone in her house, like, everyone in the church while she was away. And so she chose. It's a choice. So she chose to stay in relationship with people, but also, most importantly, to steward her inheritance. She loved the words basically and so um she would um keep to uh keep updated like she would listen to like all the sermons like she would be so on top of it and i actually got a chance to meet with her um earlier this year before she came back to korea i remember meeting up with her and i was like dang she's um she's really walking as a son she was in la at the time and man that challenged me i was like i live here and um you know like she's not like, sons from afar, they're not there for the Sunday services. They're not there for the Friday fires, the Mayus large groups, or any of the other stuff that we just kind of take for granted. But for them, they get all these podcasts, right? And they listen to them diligently, and they, they see it manifest. They see the blessings in their lives. Another example would be um, another alum from Emmaus, Sonia Chang, and um, Unji, Josephine. Um, they're both from Texas. They're both here um, a couple semesters ago. They also chose to be sons from afar, and they are also just doing a phenomenal job um, stewarding their inheritance and growing and thriving. They've graduated now, and they've moved on in their workplaces, all that, but they're really growing, and it's actually really just awesome to see God moving in their lives like that. But they've been faithful stewards. Um, next point. Oh, Nathalie, you can continue. Honor. Uh-huh. Honor your spiritual leaders back home, just as you honored your leaders at New Philadelphia Church and Emmaus. Yeah, definitely. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, if anything, you guys have learned here is that life flows through honor. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So definitely, definitely. Even if you guys choose to become sons of this house, if you guys choose to become sons from afar, 
That does not mean that you can treat your leaders in your local church with contempt. Not at all. It would honor, it honors the spiritual father of this house when you show honor to your local leaders, right? It's kind of like your own parents, right? Um, they expect you to be respectful and honoring towards like your friend's parents, right? It's, it's, it's similar, like, you know, the way you honor your parents, you honor other parents, you know? Okay, next point. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. If you guys have any questions about this, you can talk to any of the staff afterwards, and we'll also have Q&A after. So, okay, next point. Let's move to Marie. If you feel you are not called to be a son in the Philadelphia church, then submit in sonship and love to the church God leads you to. Yep. If you feel like God's not leading you to this church, that's fine. But biblically, you know, God desires you to be to, to still submit in sonship to uh, whatever church he calls you to. Um, you know, Jesus came to make us sons of God. And God, he places us in spiritual families where there's an order with spiritual fathers and spiritual sons. And so I think this sort of like relational paradigm might be new for some people. But um, God's really restoring that to the church at this hour. So, yeah, again, if you guys have any questions about that, you guys can talk to any of us afterwards. Okay, next point. Um, Nikki? If you do not have a church family back home or are considering leaving your church, please refer to the last page of the seminar. Yes. All right, so do not go naked, okay? Uh, let's look at the next part. Next topic. Um, next topic, yeah, Luke. Um, discipleship and accountability. Yes. No matter how mature you grow as a Christian, there will never be a time where you will not need to be... Shepherded. Shepherded and held... Accountable. Okay, so discipleship and accountability. This is also a very important topic. Um, okay, who can tell me what it means to be shepherded? What's a shepherd? Someone who takes care of sheep. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like this illustration that Jesus uses a lot is a shepherd and a sheep, right? So you guys all know what a sheep is, obviously, but what does a shepherd do? grazing areas yeah yeah i mean basically a shepherd's job is to take care of these sheep right and so like they hold like in one hand they have a rod and the other hand they have a staff and the rod like they beat it when it's like going crazy and you know and then the, the staff is to make sure that they stay on the path right and that's very much like our relationship with god isn't it um because a lot of times like in the bible not that like god beats us but you know like he Okay, thank you for the illustration there. Um, yeah, maybe next time we should have like like a mime going on on the side. I mean, so that'd be, yes, yes. Um, like a visual. Yeah, 
But um, anyway, yeah, so um, in the Bible, yeah, God refers to us as sheep a lot of times, right? Um, he calls us people sheep. And if you do any research about sheep, you will find that one of the key identifying characteristics of sheep is that they are very dumb. They are dirty. They cannot survive on their own. You know, they're not like stray dogs or cats. Like sheep are, yeah, they're cute, whatever, but they're dumb. And actually, they're not that clean. They, yeah, if you actually look at one, I think they're pretty dirty. Yeah, I've been to New Zealand before. There's so many sheep, but I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, so sheep and a shepherd. So there's a reason why we need a shepherd, because when we're left to our own vices, we are foolish. Right? And we and when you when you die basically. Um what was I? Oh, oh. Oh yeah, yeah. So shepherded. You guys understand what a shepherd is, right? So in the same way, um as Jesus is our shepherd, he puts he places leaders over us to shepherd our soul. Right? Um yeah, being shepherded means allowing a spiritual leader to circumcise you from the things of the flesh. Okay, anyone know what circumcise is? Uh-huh, I, 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 oh, okay. Okay, Halima, what was that? Uh, I saw some snip, snip action just happen right now. Okay, what was that referring to exactly? It's in the Bible, right? Circumcision. Um, yeah, so it was a, um, hi, it was a Jewish custom, right? To basically remove the foreskin, of the male part because they were being consecrated and so that's just what they did but in the same way of course like us you know we're not called to circumcision in that sense thank the lord but um it's circumcision of the flesh what does that mean well you know as people of god we are called to be spirit filled to be led by the spirit but a lot of times we can be in the flesh right we can act pretty fleshly and so that's even our thoughts and as a result the decisions that we make and so that's why we have leaders placed over us um to circumcise the things of the flesh i remember um this is one of the things that pastor Aaron first told me when i was first just very like vulnerable with her and like i was just like it was just that time when like god was really like doing a lot of like inner healing and stuff and i remember before knowing it i just like started breaking down and um this was like in the early days of our staffing. And um, I remember I was just like, ah, like crying. I don't really even remember what I said, but I just remember her saying these words. You can't circumcise your own yeah. flesh. You can't circumcise your own soul. That's my job. And I, when she said that, I was just like, oh, I felt so much freedom. I didn't realize like I was trying to like do heart surgery on myself. I didn't know that. But, but God, he showed me that this is why he placed this disciple over me so that she could circumcise my flesh for me. And that's not, that's not my job. Um, yeah. And so it's also letting a leader have oversight over your soul. They are there to bring confirmation when you hear the Lord speak and cut away deception and confusion. Oversight. Do you guys know what oversight is? So, um, who can, can you guys see above your own head? If anyone can, that's really scary. <laughs> Nobody should be able to see that on top of their own heads. So yeah, 
but when you have a leader over you, they can see over your head. Because God gives them that grace, and because he has placed them over them, he's given them that authority. And so they can, they can, they have more clarity. And so when you hear certain things, it's actually like very relieving that you can get confirmation with someone, someone who hears from the Lord and who God has specifically placed in your life. Yeah. A lot of times um, when we're left to ourselves, um, and I can attest to this like a lot, but you know, even after like I graduated, um, you know, I didn't really have covering for a year. And, um, man, I, I just started believing so many lies and I made some foolish decisions and it was really by the grace of God that he, he saved me from some of those situations. But yeah, you know, and, and for me, because I've already had that history of depression, it was easier for me when I was left to myself and, you know, believing these lies and making dumb decisions that to fall back into that depression. And so it is seriously like praise the Lord that he gives us uh, spiritual covering. It's a good thing. Okay, uh, next point. Where are we? Halima. Oh, Halima? Um, your level of submission determines your level of growth and your spiritual authority. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, let that sink in a little bit. So an illustration of that would be knights. So when knights, before they're knighted, what do they have to do? Yeah, they actually have to kneel down in order for them to receive that authority. Right? Um, Yeah, your level of submission must be greater than your level of authority. Your level of submission must be greater than your level of authority. Because you're asking others to submit to you. Right? So if, you know, if, like even us staff, the reason we're staff is because someone gave us that authority. You know, um, you know, above me, I have Tina, who's our campus director. And then we submit under Pastor Aaron. Uh, you know, it's the father of the house, Pastor Christian, who gives us the authority to minister to you guys. Because you guys are very precious um, to him with Emmaus being a ministry under New Philly. And so, because we've been given that authority, like, it's submission first. And we really have to, like, learn submission first. Um, yeah, so if you're not submitted, um, it's like you're practicing, like, you're not practicing what you preach. So we're like, hey, you better submit to us, but then we are not willing to submit to any leaders. That doesn't make any sense. Who would trust you? You know? It's like, that's like Hitler's status. Dictator status. That's why these things get out of control. But yeah, there is a structure. There's an order to things. Um, Okay, next part. Keep these in mind while relating to spiritual leaders back home. Halima, can you actually read through those? Um, Just as God does not look at the outside, but looks at the heart, use spiritual discernment while relating to a spiritual leader. Don't trust what you see in the natural. Yeah, that's the key. Don't trust what you see in the natural. Just because you go back home and the ministry that God leads you to, it could look very different. And the leaders could look very different. So just because, you know, your leader does not resemble anything of Jensen Yap, 
does not mean you can treat them with contempt. You will honor them just the same. Just because your leader is not Judy Choi. does not mean you can treat them with any less respect. Because once again, life flows through honor. honor. Okay? Yes. If possible, oh wait, no. Look for a spiritual leader who is theologically sound and not cultic. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's really important that you're under someone who's not just super spiritually gifted and they know a whole lot and they sound super holy but they're not in the word they don't know the word and they're not living by the word man that is dangerous so be alert be aware make sure your leader back home who you submit to is theologically sound and not cultish okay Next. If possible, try to find a leader or discipler who is more spiritually mature than you. If your leader is placed over you out of your control, it's for a reason. Yes. So, yeah, naturally, um, you want to be learning from and you want someone who's spiritually more mature than you to cover you and to speak into your life. But if for whatever reason it turns out that it's some brand new believer who's been given this authority to lead you and provide that covering, then trust that God knows what he's doing. And trust that there is something in this particular leader that God wants you to learn from. Because believe me, you can always learn from anyone. But it's a matter of, you know, you eat the meat, you throw out the bones. But yeah, everyone carries a different grace. And I think especially spiritual leaders, so there, there might be something that very specific that God wants you to dig out of this person. And, and he wants you um, to carry that. So, yeah, trust God in that situation. Next. Uh-huh. The aim out of your discipleship relationship is to pull out the wisdom and gold from their faith and walk with Jesus. Even if they are different from your leaders here, you can honor and learn from them. Yeah, that's similar to what I already talked about earlier. If you are part of a church and the campus ministry back home, it's possible that you will have multiple leaders speaking into your life. It's important to choose and submit to... One. One voice. Yes. It's important to choose and submit to one voice because otherwise what happens... So you've got like five leaders, you've got like five, you know, staff or whatever in your campus ministry, and they're all telling you something, you know, you're trying to make a decision, and then your, your head pastor at your church that's separate from that ministry is like, telling, giving you like a whole nother opinion. What are you going to do? Are you going to listen to all of them and make like five different life decisions? No, that's, you can't do that. It, so it creates chaos and confusion. You know, God made it so that we, there's one central voice that you listen to. And yeah, this is true. This happened to me when I was a senior. I went back to college. And, um, you know, so like I was serving at my ministry for the first time when I went back, my college ministry. And that was, it was very different from here. It was very conservative. It was, um, it had Baptist roots. But these were the people that led me to Christ. And so naturally, like, I was really, like, pumped and honored to serve there. 
And um, so like the director of that ministry, he was kind of like a mentor. So I really looked up to him and um, he really just spoke so much wisdom into my life. But at the same time, I also got very involved with a local church on my campus because I didn't have a car. I couldn't really go very far. So I just had to stick to church on campus. But yeah, so I got really involved with that small church as well. And so there was a pastor there, right? And so then I found myself like overwhelmed. I felt like I I just didn't have this wisdom to really just submit to one voice. And so I, I found myself quickly just getting um, burnt out, drained, and just really not having clarity. So yeah, when you go back, it's important to identify that one central voice that you're going to submit to and allow to speak into your life. Okay. Judy? Do you set up an accountability partner or group? One, if it exists in your church or campus ministry, get involved. If there is not one available to join, start one yourself with people that you trust who are pursuing God and want to grow. Two, Mm -hmm. make it clear that you will be Committed to one another no matter what. Yeah, that's good. Um, how many of you guys are familiar with um, accountability groups or accountability partners? Okay, that's good. Um, so for those of you that aren't familiar, um, you know, even within um, our church, we have this accountability. Um, so basically, you're just holding each other accountable in your walk with God. And... So two key questions that uh, the leaders of New Philadelphia Church that we cover when we do accountability is in the areas of spiritual discipline. Number one, very important. Spiritual discipline meaning how are you doing in your personal Bible reading and prayer. And the second is um, purity. So um, area of sexual purity. So we ask them like very direct questions as we do accountability. And it's very helpful. And, you know, it's in that place of vulnerability. As you confess with one another, God says that you'll be healed, right? So this is all set up to keep you healthy. And so, um, especially, you know, in those areas where you got breakthrough here and you want to continue that when you go back home, it's, it's really good to have people to hold you accountable so that, you know, if you do struggle in that area, there is someone to be like, hey, you know, let me pray for you. You know, you, know, you got this. Um, you know, you're good. So... Yeah, and commitment is huge because, you know, like, when you go back to school, like, things will get busy, right? Things will start picking up, and, you know, one of the first things to go, you know, there will probably be a temptation to be like, oh, snap, I can't meet you this week or this month or whatever. But if you guys stay committed, then you will see fruit. Then um, you will see that this, this will actually really help you. Okay. Um, next part, Stephen. Uh, carriers of revival. The first step in carrying the fire back to Jerusalem is to remember your true identity in the Lord. You are a carrier of his presence. See identity seminar for more. Identity in the Lord. That is key. Um, how many of you guys got the identities like seminar or the, the handout? So this is talking about identities in Christ. Okay, so not a lot of you. But yeah, make sure to um, let one of us know. If you look at the um, last page later on, um, there's an email address that you can request the identities from. 
But really, if I were you, one of the first things I would do when I go back home is to print out these identities and stick it to the wall. And I, I wake up and read them and claim them over myself and meditate on them. Because if you don't know who you are, oh man, it's so easy for the enemy to lie to you and for you to forget who you are. So yes, identity. Um, okay, so what are some other identities you guys remember? Yes. Any others? Amen. Mm, yes. Amen. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, you guys are good. You guys are flowing. Uh huh. What else? There's 36 guys, or was it 37? <laughs> Uh, anything else? I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so no matter what happens, whatever you guys see in the natural, like whatever fruit you see or don't see when you go back home, don't budge when it comes to that. It's really not about what you see right away, especially, but everything really starts from knowing who you are in Christ. And when you abide in Him, God said that it's only when we abide in him that will we bear fruit. So that means our time spent with him is really important. Yeah, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy what God has done in you. He'll try to get you to doubt what happened, that what happened in you was real during your time here. But it's all a lie. This is the oldest tactic of the enemy. Satan is the father of lies. Whatever thought, whatever he says to you, it's a lie. Of course, Korea was real. Everything you guys experienced here, everything that he did inside of you, all the powerful work of healing, deliverance, um, the fire, the, the spiritual gifts, um, all of the above, like all the other breakthroughs that you guys received here, of course it was real. But when the enemy tries to come and you know, slide in that lie. You got to stand firm in your identity in, in God. Yeah, and so it's really about walking it out in faith when we go home. I think here it's easier. and There's such a grace here because we've got such a powerful community here and we're holding each other accountable. But when you go home, this is why um, we're giving you the seminar because now you guys have these tools and you guys aren't going to fall into those traps. The lies of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, next point. Let's go back to Noella. Open. Favor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, God is definitely in the business of opening doors that no man can shut. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure many of you guys have experienced this, but really, when you start walking with God, he, God just can't help it. Like, he just opens door, doors for you. And um, I think when it comes to, you know, speaking opportunities, sharing with friends, oh, expect it. It's going to happen a lot, especially for you guys sitting in here. Um I think it's really a matter of just seizing every opportunity and being awake. And so for me, when I was studying abroad here, there was only one other person from my school. It was like this guy, and he he never came out here, though. And so, and he was only here for a semester, I think. So I was the only one from my school at the time who was here for a year. And then I went back. But then um, the following semester, there were like eight 
people, like eight students from my school who were signing up to come to Yonsei. And I was like, what? Like, no one wanted to come here before. But now it's like eight people. And so the study abroad office, um, they made me like, you know, kind of give them like a little like orientation thing. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so we got together and, you know, obviously like I talked about um, the ministry, um, YCF at the time, and I talked about it. And, and those that were interested, so I kind of like, you know, I wasn't like preacher mode or anything like that. I was telling them like all, like what this study abroad program is all about. But then like, you know, I, I let them know that there was like this ministry and, you know, whatever. It was very, had a big impact, right, on my life. And if any of you guys are interested, just talk to me afterwards. And a couple of them did stay, even the ones I d- really didn't expect. And I was like, oh, okay. And so we're just like talking, connecting. And so I... I, you know, I Facebook messaged like Pastor Christian because he was in charge of the ministry at the time. And I gave him like all these names. And, and yeah, a couple of them, they really were very blessed um, during their time here. Um, yeah, so expect, yeah, expect those kind of doors to open for you. Okay. Okay, next. Bea? Prayer. Once again, prayer is the key. I think a lot of you guys have already been doing this on campus, like even at Yonsei, and that's awesome. So yeah, do that for your campus when you go back. I remember there were certain um, like ministries on campus, and I feel like they were usually Asian for whatever reason. Maybe it's like the like the Hebyakido anointing that just flows in our veins but yeah like there were always a couple people that would gather in the middle of campus like early in the morning just pray for the campus and man it's powerful it's powerful when two or more gather in his name right okay next yes testimony Testimony. Your testimony. Uh-huh. Um, your testimony is uh prophecy. Over everyone that hears that God is real, God is loving, and God can change us. For sure. Your testimony is so powerful. And some of you guys already got to share it here. Like whether it was with friends, classmates, whoever, or whether it was even at the banquet. Man, your testimony is so powerful. Don't ever treat your testimony with contempt. Because ultimately, you're treating what God did in your life with contempt. That's not dishon- That's not honoring God at all. And um, yeah, so um, in Revelation um, nineteen ten, it says, "For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. prophecy." So what Jesus did in your lives here, that's the spirit of prophecy for those that you're going to share it with. And so don't rob them of this blessing because when you share it you never know maybe like their face is like stoic as you're sharing but you never know what's going on inside of them this is so true especially like in the missions field by the way it's just a side note but like especially when you go to countries like um i've been to like nepal and bangladesh and like we would pray for people and then like literally nothing happened like they did not show any sign like outward sign not even a smile but then later like we would hear like crazy testimonies 
like they got healed or like they um you know they're able to walk for the first time or just like really dr- like dramatic things like we would think even like a smile but no so so yeah you just never know what um how god is moving even as you share your testimony so as you release it you know you're allowing that person to claim it over their own lives so never treat your testimony with contempt Yeah, share it any chance you get. Your testimony is powerful. There's something I wanted to say. You'll come back to me. Okay. Okay, next point. You are now a carrier of his presence, which means signs and wonders will accompany you. Eagerly desire to prophesy. Yeah. Um Because the Spirit of God lives inside of you, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, the Spirit of Revival is inside of you. You're actually carrying it. You carry God's presence wherever you go. And that's just the way it is. That's just your identity. You guys carry His presence. And so, you know, just like you guys saw signs and wonders here, whether, you know, it's the gift of tongues that some of you guys received, um, the different manifestations, like whatever it is, um, expect to see it even when you go back home. Yeah, and you can, um, by the way, you guys can prophesy without being crazy, you know? Uh, You don't have to be, like, super dramatic, like, make a scene, be like, thus says the Lord, you know, bam, 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 like, you don't have to be all, like, John the Baptist, or, you know, just be yourself, and especially, like, when you're trying to reach out to um, non-believers, man, God could give you a word of knowledge, but, you know, if this person is, like, not, he doesn't, like, know God, or, you know, they're not exactly receptive like you don't want to be all like hey and i think this is like what god's trying to say to you like right now no you can actually do it in a very natural like conversational style so even in that moment ask god for wisdom and discernment how do i share this is this the right time um yeah always um with a father's heart with a heart of love okay next point there's nothing more powerful than the- love of God. At the end of the day, the most important part about pouring out is that you do it in the spirit of love. Amen. Yeah, so 1 Corinthians um, 13, it's that epic chapter on love. A lot of times they recite that in weddings and stuff. But it's really interesting, like, where this passage is placed in the Bible, right? Because it comes right after um, the spiritual gifts, right? Like, um, like, all the different spiritual gifts are listed, and then, bam. This chapter on love. Because God is love. And so even if you have like all the spiritual giftings and you know you like prophesy like crazy and you know like you speak in tongues, like whatever, all these things, but if you don't operate from a spirit of love, then God says it's useless. He says that you're nothing. He says that you gain nothing. Those are pretty strong words. So everything because our Father is the Father of love, everything we do. Everything, at the end of the day, when you're ministering to people, what you got to remember is you are loving on them. You are, yeah, you're allowing God to love them through you. Okay, now what not to do. Next couple points. Are we on? Do not have a... Critical. Or judgmental attitude towards believers back home. A critical mindset 
Oh yeah, for sure. Does does it say anywhere in the Bible be critical and you know have critical? No, like if I, it's it's the complete opposite. God calls us to humility, right? Calls us to meekness. Um, it's it's totally not of God for us to be critical. And I know a lot of you guys learned so much from your time here. And you guys are so uh, just filled. And maybe you might even know a thing or two more than some of your leaders when you go back home. But that doesn't matter. God always calls us to honor first, and yeah, and not to not to judge or be critical. Okay. Okay. Next. You could come off as arrogant and quench. Yeah, you come off as arrogant and quench what God is actually doing. So, you know, without you even knowing, God could actually already be moving very powerfully. But just because you step in there acting like you know everything and, you know, you're being all like, oh, no, but like, what are you doing? Oh, my God, I know so much better. than I mean, whatever, that kind of attitude, you could actually ruin everything for that person. So don't quench what the Spirit of God is doing by being critical or arrogant, prideful. Okay. So do not try to bring your Bible by your own. Might or power. Or timing. Zechariah 4 6. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Zechariah 4 6, um, it says, Not by might nor power, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Yeah, God did not call you to be a savior. God is our savior. He's the one that saves people. He's the one that He's the one that moves. The Spirit of God that moves, but He just calls us to partner with Him. So, how do we partner with Him? We partner with Him in intercession, in prayer, you know, and being engaged and really seeking God's heart. But it's not your job to be like, oh my gosh, like this is the day revival has not fallen yet. It's already been a whole semester. Like, what have I done? There's no fruit. Um, yeah, God is really not like that. Um, yeah, he's never in a rush. Like he does things in his perfect timing, according to his ways. We just got to be faithful and we just got to be spirit led. So we always just got to be in tune with him. Okay. Next point. Uh -huh. Promised. Amen. Agenda. You're setting yourself up to totally miss what his spirit is actually doing in you and on your campus. Yeah. yeah. If you move only in your power and might and are trapped in your own agenda, you're setting yourself up to totally miss what his spirit is actually doing in you and on your campus. But does that mean you guys do nothing? You guys can still reach out to people, of course. But it just means that when it comes to God pouring out his spirit, it's his spirit. And it's not, it's not coming out of us. It's, it's God's doing. So just really uh, understanding that. That, yeah, we do our part. We partner with him. But he's the one that's going to shift things. And he's the one that's going to move in people's hearts. He's the one that's going to transform lives. 
That's all he's doing. Remember, like, um, so even, like, I think I always kind of had this, but especially my senior year, like, I, so I think I have, like, a pretty evangelical heart. Like, I, I just really believe that, yeah, God wants us to reach out to those who are lost. But I remember senior year, so there were, like, specific people that I think God was really highlighting to me. But, man, I, when I look back, I really feel like I treated them, like, as projects. A lot of times, like, you know, instead of really doing it from the overflow, like, it should be so joyful. Like, I'm sharing the good news with you. Like, it should be out of our joy in knowing what Christ has done for us. But for me, I feel like a lot of times, like, it was just, like, that agenda. Rather than loving that person first, I was so focused on, like, man, but, like, oh, man, but, like, they, they got to, like, know God right now. They got to come out to, like, all these things and, you know, and then I just... It was also, it was like immaturity, but also really not, yeah, not understanding God's heart. Because God was the one that's already moving. All I had to do was just ask him, hey, what are you doing? Father, what are you doing? That's what Jesus always asked, right? Father, I just want to do what you're doing. And so partner with him. Especially for those of you that are very zealous to uh, reach out to the lost and the broken. That's beautiful. But always just doing it, yeah, from a heart of love and also in wisdom. Okay. Next part. Mountain. Do not get stuck on the glory of the last mountain. That's pretty clear, right? No need for explanation. Okay, next. Amen. Compare. Amen. Yeah. I think that temptation is always there. So I remember when I was leaving after my one year. So a big breakthrough that I got during my time here was community. Really tasting and experiencing true fellowship. Like true sisterhood in Christ. Like so much healing came out of that. And that was such a God thing. And that's really, I think, the first time I learned about vulnerability you know, up until then, like, I just really didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to share my heart. I didn't know how to, everything. And um, so I was kind of like, there was a place, part of me that there was fear. I remember, like, I was sharing with one of my, my friends, like, one of my best friends now. I was like, man, when I go back, like, man, what if I fall back into, like, depression? Like, what if, you know, like, I had all these fears and I didn't have, like, a solid community like this going back. And so, you know, there was that fear. But God was so faithful. He really provides, like, in every season. And, yeah, yeah, that testimony, like, I can share with you guys later. Um, But, yeah, my point being, I think there were times when I'd be like, oh, snap, but, like, man, back in Korea, like, oh, back in Yonsei. And, and, you know, like, we would have reunions and stuff once in a while because there's so many alums in California. But, and, you know, that was fun. But really... You know, we miss out on what God's doing because he always does new things. And so if we are constantly focused on like what, you know, the the past glory, how are you going to perceive the present glory? If he takes us, if you really believe that he takes us from glory to glory, and then we really got to perceive what he's doing in the now. And so that brings us to our next point, actually. Um, go ahead. New. Amen. 
Amen. This verse is, I'm sure a lot of you guys already know this verse, you know. See that God, see that I'm doing a new thing, do not perceive it. Perceiving it, it means like you got to behold it. You got to be awake. You got to look at it. Um, yeah, God is always doing new things. He's like the master creator. He's the master. Um, yeah, he's a master. He makes everything new. And if we don't choose to perceive it, very easily, we will just miss it. And you guys don't want to miss it. So we got to hold on to his words, his promises, and choose to perceive daily. Amen? Okay. And last point. More. Amen. Hey, do you guys expect more when you guys go back home? Yeah. Believe it. There's so much more for you guys in store when you guys go back home. And it's really a matter of faith, walking it out in faith. Can't stress that enough. Faith, faith, faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. The only currency that moves heaven, faith. It's all about faith. And our faith is so easily attacked, but that's why all of the things that I mentioned before, it will help you, it will keep you um, in a strong place. Uh, So if you just look at the last page, um, these are just some helpful resources. Um, I talked about Sons from Afar earlier. Um, These are the links, the email. You guys have to, um, if you feel called to be a son of New Philly, just email it here. Um, Yeah, let's actually look through some of these. Uh, Finding a church. Edward. You're awake, right? Okay, you got to read that part. (coughs) Finding a church. Finding a church. Uh Uh-huh. Many times students have trouble picking the right place to go. Somewhere just like Emmaus and Philly. Though it's important to go to a good church, it's even more important that you have the right heart attitude and mindset and going in. Sometimes God may lead you to a church family that you may not particularly like or want to attend. The most important thing about picking a church is to follow the Spirit's leading and to commit. If you are attending a church before coming to Korea, bring it before the Lord and ask Him if you should stay or find another church to Yeah, only God knows where he wants to lead you next. Um, It could be a church that's completely different from here. Your campus ministry when you go back could be completely different. It could be very conservative like mine when I went back. So I remember like, you know, for me, it's not even like I had crazy Holy Spirit encounters when I was here. In fact, I was very scared. And that's a whole other story. But at the same time, I still learned how to pray out loud. I still learned how to, you know, be bold um, in my prayers and all that. And I remember going back and like, Whenever we would gather, and, and these people that I served with are some of the most God-fearing, God-loving, like holy people I've ever met. And that's, I think, really initially what attracted me to them. But I remember we would get together for meetings and, you know, we would pray. But then, like, there would it would be absolute silence. Like, nobody would even whisper. It was just like... And so, like, I would open my eyes once in a while and be like... Oh my gosh, like, I feel so tapape. I feel so, like, you know what that means? It means, like, yeah, frustration. Like, oh my gosh, there's, like, no sound. And I'm coming from this. And so, really, there was that temptation to be, like, arrogant. And be like, oh, please, you can lift your voice a little bit. You know, like, you can be more bold in your prayers. Like, 
I was kind of a little bit like that. <laughs> but then, um, like later in God's loving rebuke, he was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, anyway, I, I got owned. But um, yeah, what I'm saying is that when you go back, it could look very different. And so don't think that it has to look exactly like what you saw here. Because remember, God knows what he's doing. His will for you is perfect. You know, something that Pastor Christian like taught us is to always pray. Um, keep me at the center of your perfect will for my life. Like, that's so good. How can you go wrong? God knows what's best for you. And if you trust that, if you trust that he's good and he's a father, he's for you, you're always going to be at, the, at a good place despite the circumstances. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember our PE's message? Got to pack that into your suitcases as you guys leave. Mm, okay, so um, a couple of practical things to consider when looking for a new church. Uh, Luke, can you read those? Yeah. Do they practice sound doctrine? Be sure to check out their statements of faith, values, and doctrine before attending. Different denominations will, dif- will differ theologically on some issues, but there are a few essentials that every Christian church will have in common. These are non-negotiable, and if you go somewhere without these things, you're in a cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so there are some very practical steps you can take to avoid joining a cult. Hallelujah. So just check out this link later. Because, you know, like, New Philly is a charismatic church, a spirit-filled church. But when it comes to our word, it comes to doctrine, oh, PC is like... You got, you got, so check out this, um, check out this page. And so these are some very basic non-negotiables, as they say for dating, non-negotiables. Hey, it's for church, to know Christ, to make sure you're in uh, a safe place where they're not teaching you heresy. Uh, make sure that you check out their websites, you know, before you, um, attend that church. Um, next, uh, Michelle, yeah. can you read the next part? Can you see yourself growing spiritually? Can you see yourself growing spiritually? Depending on your heart, attitude, and mindset, it's possible to grow in many different types of churches and denominations, but you may want to look at the leadership structure, accountability structure, and commitment level of the church. Also, after experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, consider looking for churches that move freely in the Spirit. These are called charismatic churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. And just the rest of this, um, it's just references to podcasts that will be very applicable to you in this next season. Um, trust me, these are all very good. All the sermons, really, that come out of this house are actually very good. So if I were you, like, if I had time, I would really just, like, go through all of them. And now that the website is updated, you guys can actually look through series. You know, so if you guys want series, like, um, to learn more on Sonship, you know, there is a whole series on Sonship. And, um... Yeah, some of these messages are key. I remember one of the first ones I heard of PE preaching when I came back to Korea was Mirror Mirror. I remember I just being rocked. I remember going up to PE after and be like, oh, I don't recognize you. Like, it was really good. Um, identity seminar. Yeah, I think a lot of you guys don't have it, but um, email Rona and she'll send you a copy. Identities. This is really, really key. And who knows, maybe you guys will be leading a small group when you go back and you guys can teach it to your disciples. Um, stay connected. Um, you guys know that new Philly webpage and Emmaus on Facebook. Okay, how are you guys doing? You guys still awake? Okay. Um, okay, I'm just going to open it up for a little bit of Q&A. If you guys have any burning questions, now is the time to ask.
running students from afar. Uh -huh. um, do you know like the program and how they keep you accountable? Okay, so Luke was asking about sons from afar and like how they keep you accountable. Yeah, so um, yeah, there is a structure, and so there is actually what we call like ICC, CCCCCP. Um, basically, intercontinental care pastors, and so these pastors are specifically assigned to all the sons from afar. Like, so for example, if you decide to become a son from afar um, hillside, there's going to be pastors that will um, they're there to pastor you. So normally how it works is, you know, it's through email, um, and it's probably going to change because pastors TD and Hewan are leaving. There's going to be probably other pastors that take that role, but they're the ones you're going to be communicating with, and, um, you know, you're going to set up, like, Skype, like, Skype dates, and, um, uh-huh. So with ICCP... Uh, when you sign up, a lot of Emmaus students are on Sonship right now. And uh, like she was talking about, like Sarah Sa went back home. Um, and I'm from California, so I kind of <laughs> stay in touch with all the Cali kids, especially in SoCal. And so there were like five of them that went back at the same time. All, all five of them signed up, or four of them signed up. One was very involved but didn't end up signing. Uh, but four of them had signed up for Sonship. But really, the only one that got like really refreshed and strengthened by the Sonship program was Sarasa. And that's because, like she said, she continually listened to the messages. She took those messages and didn't, you know, continue to meditate in her mind that she's so far away from them. Nobody cares about me. Everyone forgot about me. Rather than meditating on those thoughts, she continually built herself in the Lord, knowing that God is the one that's, um, you know, that's behind her, that's continually keeping her and um, strengthening her. Some of the other um, guys that went, they had uh, a really hard time because they felt like the campus, like the ICCPs weren't reaching out to them. But one thing I want to say is when you sign up for Sonship, um, you want to be the one to be intentional. Mm -hmm. If you're the one reaching out and asking for time and demanding the pastors to you know, care for you and letting them know how you're doing, really opening up yourselves to their care, that's when you're going to get the most from them. Um, that's the same here, right? Like we come to campus what twice a week, but really, even in your familias, I'm pretty sure you know who are the people that are growing well and are active in pursuing a relationship with your leader, with your familia leader. And unless you're doing that, like you know what I mean? Like there's no uh, mutual relationship, mutual commitment. And so um, the ICCP, there may not be a I'm gonna Skype you once a week. But if that's something that you want and that's something that you feel like God is um, going to minister to your heart with, I want you to uh, be persistent about asking for that time. And, yeah. Yeah, it's really what you put into it. And, and you can talk to Sarah Sa, uh, personally just to get some advice, practical tips. But she will tell you she was very intentional. She didn't mope around. Like, she, she had no time for that. She was too, like, hungry to receive, like, all the words. And I believe the same for you, Luke. So, yeah, just um, be intentional. Yeah. Well, additionally, um, do you find that there's any room for a conflict between, I mean, like, if you're a son from your own church and then also a son from, like, New Philly, don't you find that there can be conflicts between, uh, you know, levels of authority or... Um, you know, like he even says, you know, if there's multiple leaders talking to you, uh -huh. you know, which one right. do you follow, right? Uh -huh. So, how do you manage that? What is, like, biblical evidence? Or, you don't have to do that, but, like, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's a very good question. So Luke was asking, you know, so if you do join Sons from Afar, and but you're going to a local church because you know that's what we're just teaching you, um, you know, potentially couldn't there be conflicts? Sure, there could be conflicts. So um, the the most important thing, like first of all, when you join a local church, you should talk to your pastor there and be like and let them know, hey, I'm actually um, under sonship at this church. Let them know because that's honoring them. So. Remember, first thing you want to honor your pastors there, your leaders there. Let them know about you know how you are in sonship, and if they have like any questions or anything like that, um, I would talk to the ICCP because I'm sure they've handled many cases like that. So ask them like how to reconcile this. But you know, in case, the stories like I've heard um, where they weren't like in full agreement with um, sonship and things like that. Um, Usually when they are still honoring their leaders there, and as long as they really believe that God has called them to that church for that season, it always usually worked out. Because what we teach in this house is never, um, you know, to start a rebellion at that church. Or, you know, we always teach submission and we always teach honor. So as long as you are keeping those things in mind, I think everything, like God will work out everything accordingly. But again, if there are very specific cases, yeah, of course, talk to your ICCPs because they will be there to shepherd you through that. And you know, Sonship is like this program that we have at this church is so particular to us because it's in response to the, the need for it. Yeah. And so if you have a church that you're going to or you're already committed to and a member of, and the pastors there are not just a Sunday, I'm a preach and I'm, I'm out for the rest of the week but your pastor is continually in relationship with you when you're going out to fellowships like they're there they want to get to know you they're um the leaders are checking in on you and really you have like a community not just a preacher like if that's the kind of church you're from then you almost may feel like you're going home and you don't need to sign up for sonship you know and that we're all for that that's the kind of that's like the healthy um that's the healthy church. And so if you are coming from that, but you also, and then there's the, if you're coming from that, but you are experiencing something so new here and you want to grow in the same way that you have been here and you feel like maybe your familial leader is a, the kind of relationship you've had with them, you want that to go for life, then you can definitely establish that by submitting under New Philly's um, leadership and and growing as a son from afar. So, so does, that, does that answer my question? Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so if, I think uh, for sure, even um, as a son from afar, uh, say that you do sign up for sonship, and you find a good local church there, I think there are so many amazing cases where you're a son and a representative of, you know, you're like a daughter and a son of New Philly. But when you go out to your local church, you're there not just to be um, honoring to your leaders there, but also to serve um, in that place as a son from New Philly. So in like practically, like even when I go back home to um, California, even though it's for like a month at a time, I remember going back home and like really eager. Because, you know, when you go on mission trips with New Philly too, you're always alert. Okay, God, what can I do? Where can I pray? Oh, I, I'm looking at the stewardess's face and I'm just like, oh, I wonder if she needs prayer. Oh, I see that person with a cast and I just want to smile and I want to pray that God, just by me walking by her and smiling at her, I hope that there's healing there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in this, um, 
you know, in the heart of the Father, in the heart of, with that kind of heart, um, even as you go to your home churches, you're going to minister powerfully. And knowing your identity, every time you're sharing a testimony or sharing what you did here or whatever, every time you meet up with anyone, you're going to be so intentional with really what God is speaking to you about this person. And so even as like a, a member of that church, you can be so much of a blessing as you're continually being fed by New Philly. And also remember that when you guys like graduate from this class of Emmaus, you're actually joining like a whole pool of Emmaus alums. And so it's actually pretty exciting. Like the number of alums that we have here, um, you know, they're everywhere. So there's that's something to look forward to as well. Um, any other questions? So Natalie was asking if, when it comes to accountability partners, if that should also be local. Like if you should have local accountability partners everywhere you go. Oh, wh where, where do you travel to? Are you going to be going to Hong Kong after this? Or? Yeah, <laughs> back and forth. I, I oh, back and forth. If you are constantly moving around, then, you know, I don't think you need to have like one in Hong Kong and then one like in Korea and like, when you're having drama in Korea and you go to the Korean one. I don't think it's really like that. I think the most important thing when it comes down to it is commitment. Yeah. And so it really comes, it's very similar to the Sons from Afar case. Um, it's commitment. You're, um, when you choose to be in covenant, it's that commitment. It's really from that place where the blessings overflow. And so as long as you are committed to this person and you guys are mutually in a trusting relationship, um, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be... Uh, local because nowadays we're blessed with technology so I, i've had seasons in my life too where my accountability partner was not in the same country but we would like skype in or you know just keep in touch and that's also powerful but even in that yeah ask god for wisdom but no not necessarily local but church local yes any other questions going once going twice I want to add to um, having an accountability partner and being um, committed to one another. Um, growing up for myself in the Christian church, um, until I like saw what accountability could be like, I never, I always had accountability, you know. Oh, I have an accountability partner. It's like my best friend that I talk to all the time. And then we do everything together. So this was my partner. And I always thought that, oh, because she's in my life and we're committed to each other as friends, we are accountability partners. But what I fail to realize is when you have an accountability partner, what you really want is someone to be checking in on you, literally like a checklist almost. Someone to, I put down, literally asking each other the hard questions. You got to have someone that not, that's not just rooting for you and that's part of your life, but someone that's going to ask you the hard questions, really sharpen you. And that's 
like the questions that she was saying, she she didn't do the details of the questions that we ask each other at New Philly, but you know, sometimes accountability partners are not people that you're always hanging out with, but someone you can trust that is growing in the same spiritual like way as you are, like kind of walking with you in, at the, in the same path, but they can ask you if, so for example, if you have like a constant habit of lying and like nobody knows this, but you lie all the time and we've had cases of this, this is like, it's really, it's kind of funny, but it's really bad. Um, you, you're committed to them. So you're going to open up to them. Hey, I have this, um, I feel like God's been convicting me of lying so much. Um, and so I just want to stop. And, the, and then as you're, as their accountability partner, you'll say, okay, then is it okay to, uh, you know, ask you every week when we meet up or when we talk, hey, how many times have you lied this week? And that'll, that person will have to answer you um, because they're committed to you. And so this is the kind of relationship you want. Someone who's really checking out, hey, how many times this week did you read your Bible? And it doesn't matter the amount, but really are they pushing you and challenging you to be... Um, to, to your potential, to how, um, to a deeper intimacy with God, to get to know the Lord more, and to really rid yourself of all the distractions of this world, you know? And so, even the hard questions like, how many times have you masturbated this week? Like, how often? Uh, when's the last time? And if that's something that you really want to break free of, then getting your partner, your, you know, your accountability to check you up on that. And it's okay if you're both going through it. You both encourage each other out of it. You just never want to be in the place where you're like, okay, it's okay. Oh, it's okay because we're both going through it, you know? You want to always be pushing yourselves into a place of purity and righteousness before the Lord. Okay, any other questions? Good? Okay, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <coughs> It's been a pleasure.